Shalom, my friends. We are going to continue now in part number two of the parable of the lost son found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And in this section, we are going to deal with the repented lost son who returning back home. This is, of course, part two of this uh, interesting, fascinating parable, Mashal, that Yeshua taught in the land of Israel. And in Hebrew, it is called Mashal Haben She'avad. We've already read the whole parable in a previous part one, a message on this interesting parable, verses 11 to 32, we have covered, of course, uh, from verse uh, um, uh, 11 all the way to verse 19, when the son that went astray, that uh, the younger son that have gone astray, took from his father that which was his inheritance, went to a far country, wasted all that he had, then he experienced famine in the land. He was hungry and he went to one of the citizens of these individuals in that far country away from home. Then he was sent to feed the pigs, the swine, and he was so hungry that he was ready and willing to eat the pig's food. (laughs) What a condition, representing really the condition of all of us as those who are lost in trespasses and sins away from a holy and righteous God who loves us so much and wants us to be back, to be restored to Him. And so when we have ended in a session before, in part one of this a parable of the lost son, he came unto himself, this one that was far away from home, and he said, if you remember, he said, I will arise, and I will go to my father, and I will say unto him, Abba, father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me one of thy servants. And now, beloved friend, listen to this. This is the next section here. I would like to read with you uh, Luke 15, verses 20 to 24. And here we see the repented lost son is now returning home. He was the prodigal, the wasteful son who went astray, went away, did not want to stay with his Abba, with his father in his home after he had lost everything. And he realized that he had sinned. And he realized that he had failed. He realized that his father loved him so much. Then he came unto his senses. And he decided to go back home. And the verses I would like to read with you now are found in verses 20 to 24. And here we see the reaction of the Abba, of the father. Remember, my dear friend, that when Yeshua was teaching these Parables in the land of Israel, he wanted to teach the religious leaders of the day 
And we would say he wants to teach you and I today, the religious people of today, to realize that God loves sinful men. God loves sinful women. God loves sinful people like you and I. And he does everything to draw us to himself. Because we belong to him not only by creation, but now as a lost sinner, he wants to draw us to himself, to be belong to him by redemption. Through the Mashiach, Yeshua, who came from heaven to this world to provide salvation for all of us who would only believe and accept him, repenting and turning to him in confession of sin. And so we read in verse 20 to 24, And he arose, and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. In Hebrew, Nishek Oto. And the son said unto him, Father, Abba, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. But, he said, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. In Hebrew, the word merry is lismoach, simcha, joy. The whole theme of this uh, 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke in these a parable that our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach taught in the land of Israel is the theme of it is the joy of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All the triune God had delight in the salvation of sinful people like you and I. And so finally when that son, the prodigal son, the lost son, made the decision to come home after he had lost everything, after he was hungry, willing to eat pig's food that was forbidden for the people of Israel by God himself because being an unclean animal. Leviticus 11 and verse 7, here we see him returning home and you remember he said that he planned to say to his father, make me one of your servants. I'm no more worthy to be even called your son. Now, do you think that this is what God have in mind for you and I, my dear friend, if we only turn to God, though what a privilege it is to serve our God, yet God wants us as sons. We read in John chapter 1, as many as receive him to them, he gave the authority, the right to become, to become children of God, sons and daughters of the Abba, of the Father, of God. God wants us to serve him. But when we turn to him, he wants us to be, to recognize the place that he has for us as children of God, sons and daughters, Yeladim, banim ve banot, 
בני האלוהים. Through, of course, the death, burial and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Now I would like you to see the saying of the Son and the reaction of the Father. In verse 20, the first part, he arose and he came to his Father. He did what he wanted to do, the Son. He repenting, repented, he dis- d- decided to return, to confess before his Abba that he had sinned. You remember he said in verse 19, I will tell him, my father, he said, I, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. But you see, he even didn't get to say this to his father. But the heart of God, the father, it's always touching our heart. The heart of love of God towards the human race. He was perhaps waiting for the day that his son, the lost son, the willful son, will come back and be restored to a relationship with him. And he was perhaps, as we can see, waiting at the, you might say, the door of the tent. Where is my son? Will he come back? I'm longing for him. So when the son have finally arrived, The father didn't even give him the opportunity to say what he wanted and planned to say. It says in verse 20b, what the father did. This is how God is, my dear friend. God, our God, our Abba, the heavenly father. He loves you. He loves me. He loved his son. And we read, when the father saw him, when he was a great way off, He had compassion on him. He ran towards him. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. Can you imagine? We don't read anything at all of what the son did. Neither do we read anything at all of what the son said to his father. But the only thing that we read in this portion is the heart of the father towards his son. He does say here in verse 20b, when he was yet a great way off, the father, number one, saw him. He was searching for him. Number two, he had compassion upon him. Number three, he ran towards him. Number four, he fell on his neck. And number five, he kissed him. Can you imagine? Dear friend, of the love of God, the love of God the Father, the love of this Father towards this lost son who have gone astray and wasted everything that he had. He desired him to be restored and have a relationship with him. But this son had to, go, to come to his own senses. And this is exactly what Yeshua is teaching us here, that we all need to come to a point in our life that we pause and consider. Is it worthwhile to stay away from God and ultimately to be, uh, to be judged by a holy and righteous God because sins are not forgiven if we don't turn to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, to receive sins forgiven? Is it worth it? 
Well, the son, in this case, came to his own senses, and he returned home, and he experienced the love of the father. You see, in the previous verses, we saw the wisdom of the father. When the son said, give me all that belonged to me, he allowed him to have it, and he showed him that if you are going to have your own way, your own way you will see the consequence of your wrongdoing. But in this portion, we see the love of the Father. He saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran towards him. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. And now, beloved friend, listen to this. The son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. He didn't finish to say what he was planning to say. I make me one of your servants. He didn't get to say this because God does not want us merely servants, though he delight when we serve him, but God wants his own people to have a relationship with him. So listen to this portion, my dear friend, in the next verses, verse 21 and 22, we read the father's love towards the returning son. Notice in verse 22, we read, And the father said unto his servants, Bring up the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. Notice verse 23, And bring hither the fattest calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Let us eat and rejoice. In other words, the father didn't want his son to come only as one that will serve him, though a son ought to serve his father, and you and I ought to serve our God. But he wanted this one that have gone astray to sense the love and affection and to enjoy a relationship with his Abba. And so notice this, my dear friend. We read that he asked his servants to bring the best robe. The best robe represents the righteousness of those that belong to God. You remember in Isaiah chapter 61, we read of the future of Israel when Israel as a nation will be restored unto the Lord and they will sing this song in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with a garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh him himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorn herself with her jewels. So this robe of righteousness represented the righteousness that this uh, uh, son had been restored to. But not only the best robe, in Hebrew it is called simla tova, but secondly he gave him a ring. And notice this, and put on him a ring on his hand. And a ring represent union. A ring represent favor. If you remember 
In Genesis chapter 41, King Pharaoh gave his ring to Yosef. And if you also remember in Esther chapter 8 and verse 2, the Achashverosh, the king of Persia, gave to Mordechai also the ring that he took away from Haman. In a marriage relationship, uh, today we give the ring to the husband and wife, and it speaks of union between the parties, the father and the son, the wife and the husband. So it speaks of favor and of union. So he said, put on him the ring. But thirdly, he says, and on his feet put on shoes. And shoes, of course, speaks of the standing. You stand on your shoes. In fact, the prophet Isaiah says, How wonderful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings. You see, when we have a standing before God, when this son now had the shoes on his feet, it speaks of the fact that he is now have a right standing, right relationship with his father because he came back, he repented, and he turned himself back to the father. Wonderful truth to learn, my dear friend. And now as we are drawing towards this uh, uh, verses 23 and 24, you notice now that there is a killing of the fatted calf. In Hebrew, it's called Egel Hamarbek, the best one that he could find to kill it. Why? Because he's making peace offering. The word shalom, shlamim in Hebrew, the peace offering when the fattest calf will be killed. That means that the sacrifice have been made. That means that the blood had to be shed and offered unto God. And it really represents the peace offering, the shalom, the peace, not only the peace of God, but also the peace that one has with God because of the sacrifice of that animal. And so we read here, he says, kill the fattest calf, it says here in verse 23, and let us eat and be merry. Nochla in Hebrew, venismecha. Let us rejoice. Let us eat and be merry. Why? Because now that son that was far away from his father, that went to a far country, he wasted, a prodigal wasted all the goods that his father gave to him in his wisdom to teach him that great lesson that one away from the father, away from home is not a place for anyone to be. And for us, my dear friend, God does not want us far away from him. He doesn't want us to be lost in a world of sin. He wants us to have a relationship with him. After all, he is our creator, but he also is our redeemer. This is the reason why our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, came to this world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you and I need to turn back to God, to see our Abba, 
Avinu Shebashamaim, our Father which are in heaven, who loves us so much and want us to be restored unto him. And now notice that. Here's the reasons why the Father could uh, rejoice and ask everyone in the home, in the house to rejoice. He says, notice in verse 24, he said, For this my son, he was dead. Well, when he was away, he was not at home. He was like he was not alive. He was dead. And you and I, when we are away from God, we are dead in trespasses and sins. This is exactly what Yeshua is seeking to teach us in this parable. But not only he was dead, but now alive. He continued. He was lost. And now he is found. How wonderful. How wonderful. Here is the Abba. Which, which now received the son that have gone astray, wasted all his goods. Now he returned repenting, confessing that he has sinned against God and he sinned against his father. And now he is returning with true confession and he's accepted by his father. How wonderful it is to know. That our, our God, our Abba loves us so much and want us to be restored to Him. And you notice what it said at the end of this verse 24? And they began to be merry. They began to be joyful. The whole theme of these parables. Verse 7, we read in chapter 15, 7, there is joy, there will be joy in the presence of God over one sinner that repent. Notice that we read in verse 10, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repent. And as we continue on, we can see even later on at the end, we should be merry. We should have joy. God has joy when a sinner returns to him. Will you return to him? Will you turn to the Lord, my dear friend? What a joy God the Father have when a person turned to him in repentance and confession. Well, in the next part, part three of this a parable of the lost son, we will learn of the reaction of his brother, who though he was home, yet he did not have the right godly reaction. He did not have the heart of his father. This is another lesson for us to learn as we learn of the parable of the lost son. Well, until the next time, God bless you, my friend. Shalom, shalom.